Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and I am not wearing a see-through kit. And with me, as always, not wearing a see-through kit is my dear friend, Sarah. Hello, Dan. Yes, we will, rest assured, we will talk about the see-through kit, but only at the end of this so we can actually fit in everything else that we want to talk about. Something to look forward to. Yeah. I, what have we got on the What have we got on the list today, Dan? Jesus, it's a bloody huge list. I mean, partly, and I do sort of need to. Well, actually, you know, I, I kind of feel like I should apologise because I had a major crisis happen at work last week, and basically we couldn't record. But then, in the meantime, you did, you know, have an amazing interview with Amber um, Pierce uh, about the Network for Advancing Athletes. So I kind of feel like nobody's going to have missed me. So you know, should I say sorry, or should I just be like, yeah, fuck it, you got better. So. Yeah, I think you. I think in general, the Dan way is the last one, isn't it? So yeah, let's yeah, stick with that. Kind what of, have we but, got? but there's all sorts of. It means that we've got a fair bit of racing to catch up on, um, and uh, particularly the one I'm quite quite keen to get to. We may not start there, but the one I'm quite keen to get to is the the Lot of Bellasol Ladies Tour. Um, we've got well, <laughs> you know how every year there's like one or two races that you kind of have to mention because they're on the calendar, but they're such fucking shit races that are fucked up by stupid fucking organ who fucking threaten the lives of riders and shit. We've got one of those. Um, but, 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 to make up for that, the best thing, the awesomest thing, is we're at the beginning of what I like to call WOW, or the Week of Worlds. WOW! <laughs> we are, now, because the WOW is so big, there's a big WOW factor going on here. Jesus, um, we're making the worst puns, aren't we? <laughs> So we are going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the team time trial and the individual time trial this week um, because this this week and then next week we'll talk about the road race. So don't forget we have realised there's a road race going on. But before we do that, we it's had... actually kind of nice of them to to schedule it so that there's time for us to to cover each event properly. I, I really appreciate the UCI's cooperation in organising the race schedule to support our our recording schedule. It's very thoughtful. Yes. It's sweeter than I think. It's, it's probably, sweeter. well, look, you know, uh, fair play. It's probably the only good decision they've made in, you know, a little while. Hmm. Well, it's World's Week, and but before we get to World's Week, we had so three races this week. Uh, we had the Lotto Bellasol Belgium Tour. Yay! We had the Giro Toscana. Um, yeah, and fucking. And we um, I think we should start with the, the good one. <laughs> 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 Well, ow, 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 you've twisted my arm. Okay. <laughs> How good so, was this? This was four stages. It's in Belgium. And, um, well, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> there's been a theme this year. But um, it started off being one with a prologue, one by Annemiek van Vlerten uh, of Rabobank. Second stage was... Um, Annemiek van, sorry, stage one was Annemiek van Vleuten again, um, hurrah, and I think, let me check that out, you talk while I look. Oh, okay, um, so, uh, I'm not even sure what you, I, I don't, fuck, I'm really, uh, shit, get back soon, I'm really screwing this up, Sarah, help me, help talk me. About, talk about how Annemiek van Vleuten's been out of racing for a little bit, because she's been training at altitude, so that she can um, race, so that she so, can, so that uh, she can, you know, handle the uh, extreme altitude of Ponte Ferrada. 
Oh, I know why. I know why I got confused. It's five stages. Yes, so stage one, it's a 7.8 um, prologue. Annemiek van Vleuten won. Annemiek van Vleuten wins prologues. I'm so happy that she's got her legs back, you know? Oh. For the last couple of years, that she's That feels had... like it should be in an awesome T-shirt, though. Annemiek van Vleuten wins prologues. That should be a T-shirt. It should be. We, we'll make that into a T-shirt, I reckon. But she has, um, Annemiek van Vleuten wins prologues. She um, went, she's basically um, had the last couple of years scar tissue in her femoral artery. Uh, basically, so not enough blood was getting to her leg muscles. And it's been very, very frustrating. And I got the feeling at the start of the season that basically she had more operations over the winter and that this was going to be her make or break season. That if it didn't work, if this operation didn't work, that she was going to stop. Yeah. But it worked. Hurrah. Um and we've and, and in a Rabobank absolutely full of stars, it's it's been interesting because she still won a load of things, even though also Mariana Voss, also um uh Pauline Framprevo, also Anna van der Breggen, also Lucinda Brown, etc. 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 Yeah. So stage one of the Lotto Bellasol Ladies Tour, she won after winning the prologue with Anna van der Breggen second and her teammate Telita de Jong third. Yeah? Yep. Now, these are mostly sprinty stages, to be honest. Well, mostly sprinty, but there's a, there's a few with like uh, some, some reasonable climbs in there. And um, was it stage three that had a, a couple of categorized climbs? No, 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 no wrong. wrong. Stage two was a team time trial. Team time trial, only 21, it was 21 kilometres. This is the third team time trial of the season only. Um, yay. And it was won by Rabobank with Liv Shimano in second, Futurum Shop, Zanata third. But I've got to tell you, they weren't going up against um, Orica. They weren't going up against Bulls Dolmans. And they weren't going up against Specialised Lululemon. If you are betting on anyone other than Specialized Lululemon to win the World Championships TTT on um, Sunday, I doff my cap to you with your bravery. Yeah, that's and- that's a that's a very what's the what's the women's cycling equivalent? Because like normally you'd be like that's a ballsy bet. Like is that an ovary bet? Like with an extra Y? Like is no, that... it's just a stupid bet. Oh, okay, it's just a... oh, so it is. Still so a maybe ballsy's bet. right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah probably okay, is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so stage two was a uh, Rabobank one, and they won. You know, they won significantly. Brackets not against the top TTT Stage three, Halle Buisingen won by Chloe Hosking. Bunch sprint. Yeah, and you know that's pretty cool for a couple of reasons. One, because as as if you've ever listened to us before, you'll know we're huge fans of Chloe's writing, and she's got an amazing blog about that stage. But also, not least because it's been a little while between drinks for her. You know, in the the sort of last last half of the season has been pretty tough and so it was great to see her um you know crack that top step again yeah she hasn't um she hasn't been winning much this year um mm. i'm it's 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 difficult i think because she's uh, uh it, it's it's hard because she's 
she's she's a great she's a really interesting rider i really really like her i want to see her winning more winning more you know winning more sprints but it just hasn't been coming together for her for one reason or another mm. and she's written about that she's been very honest about that in her blog yeah but the yeah. other thing is is possibly as a result of this she doesn't have a team for next year yet yeah, which is another thing that, that she touches on in that blog, and it, it is kind of interesting, but it, it it makes for such a compelling story because she you know she sort of tells you about some of this and how she had a disappointing run at Commonwealths and um, that that had affected a contract that she nearly had sorted for next season and and stuff like that. So then she's coming into to this race and it's it's just even more important for her and um and that but then she sets up the day well and and tells you about the little signs and stuff because she'd actually won on this course in uh, i think it was 2012 um mm. a, in the one day race uh oh geez what's the name uh, of it? yeah 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 um Probably. and <laughs> helpful um you know, and, and then she tells you the story of the race, which includes, by the way, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but it includes possibly one of my favourite lines ever written because she's talking about coming into the final sprint and um, and how she's sort of um, in on the back of the, the Rabo train. And then, um, you know, as we made another sweeping left-hand corner, Voss looked behind her and obviously didn't like what she saw. She swung out, leaving, um, you know... Um, Lucinda and and that to to keep going, and so she was faced with a decision. You know, do I swing off and and go with Voss, or do I stay here? And this line is perhaps the best thing I've read in cycling, blogging slash journalism slash whatever. Letting go of Mariana Voss's wheel is almost as hard as accepting that Santa isn't real. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you've got it, like right there. <laughs> Letting it go. No. I just I love I love how she tells those stories. I really, really love how she tells her stories. Um so th this year looking at her Palmares, she had two third places and came third at the Tour of Qatar. And actually remember she never missed a break in the Tour of Qatar. She mm. was she was strong all the way through it. And then she was ninth at Drenthe Acht. She won the Omelette van Borsele, which is a super tough race, but then she just hasn't she's just had one other podium. Yeah. And and that's hard, but I think I wish I wish I wish I just wish someone would take her on and say okay that wasn't a good year what happened because you know because but, it's, but she's so good for the sport and there's another rider who doesn't have a contract for next year too uh, Marine de Vries yeah. and, and 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 they're both this, I mean Marine has worked her socks off Marine so Chloe comes in as a you know sprinter at least sprint need and Chloe has worked her socks off for teammates on other stages too and Marine's worked super hard and she's done everything that she should have done it's just she's a domestique yeah. and both of them it's like I don't think that people deserve a ride or deserve a job, but actually in these two cases I sort of do because they're so good for the sport, you know. Well, there you go. Um, so to to all the the team owners and managers and and directors listening in, because I know you all listen, Sarah's um, asked for a personal favour. Please, please sign Chloe and Marine. Yeah, maybe not on the same team because I'd like to hear the stories from different angles. But yes, so um, stage three won by Chloe. And then stage four was um, Mariana Voss pulled out of the Lotto Bellastol ladies tour and didn't ride the final stage. And this is interesting because she also pulled out of the, out of a race last week, the, yeah. out of the holiday ladies tour, after she won a stage there. Now, I 
is I don't know whether this is I mean God knows this is Marianne Marianne is incredibly tactically savvy I would not put it past her for her to be in the form of her life and basically just sandbagging the fuck out of everyone oh and and you know and if ever there was a writer who could get away with being competitive at not one but two races and pulling out um in order to sandbag everyone I mean if, if that's the case this turns out to be like this if she goes on to to win worlds and this proves to be a sandbag it will also win the guinness world record of sandbagging which is actually just, just a giant sandbag but, but the interesting thing is the interesting thing about mariana voss if, if, if the reason i think that she, now most riders wouldn't be allowed to do that if you're you know going yeah. well in a race and la 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 however Mariana Voss at this point has her teammates on the leading the general classification. She's got, I think, she's got three of them leading the general classification. So it's like rather like, yeah, we don't need Mariana. We've got enough good talent here. Whatever. What the fuck? You know, you're a team going. We don't need Mariana Voss. It's fine. Whatever. So Voss didn't start the last stage. This is the mm, climbing mm. stage even over the murder, Moor van Gerardsbergen, and. Anna van der Breggen's first time racing on the Moor van Herzberg. I know, which that, I, I'm it just surprised. Right. No, that I, just doesn't, I, I mean, I believe you, but at the same time, it's like, really? How does that, I don't, have we entered the twilight zone? I mean, I surely. I don't believe it either, to be honest, because, but it was, but that's what it's on the race website. So, okay. Oh, well, just, it must be true if it's on the internet. I mean, fuck. Well, exactly. So yeah. apparently, according to the race, it's Anna van der Bregen's first time up the moor. She did it pretty well. She won ahead of Emma Johansson with Annemiek van Vleuten in third. And it ended up the final general, general classification podium, obviously helped by the TTT. But still, ninth time this has happened this year, all Rabo podium. Um, it was Anna van der Bre- uh, Anna van Vleuten, Talita, um, Anna van der Breggen, Talita de Jong in third. Now, yeah. I can also see Voss looking at this because Voss is very, very savvy. I can also see her going, "Yeah, do you think the world needs one, two, three, four Rabobank?" Tell you what, I'm just not going to bother racing. <laughs> well, and 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 also, you know, there's a valid point. To it. I mean, when when um, she pulled out of of hills, it the statement was that um, that she was having difficulty recovering. Oh, um, from old Oh, yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and so uh, you know, I mean, technically, technically, if you want to focus on your recovery, I mean, that can be true even if you are in peak form of your life or or whatever um i think i mean i yeah. I, I i think one of the things is i mean voss had her back injury i can't tell this is my problem i can't tell which is the conspiracy theory anymore I, they all are um yeah. I, I i i mean the thing the interesting thing is so last week she pulled out of the bowls rental holland ladies tour which is the biggest you know huge race in holland and people were like and she'd won um i think she'd won stage three and or maybe stage two and she'd 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 pulled out and, and people were going oh look rabobank you know they did really badly without her ha 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 you know and yes yeah, so then rabobank came back to smash the hell out of Isabella Sol women's tour awesome as as you do i guess um it's yeah. interesting though because that that leads me into uh, a thing a little later on that i want to talk about but um Okie dokie. Um, other races, Toscana, whatever. Um, Shelley well, Olds won 
prologue. Um, it didn't seem to have massive cars in the road. Who knows? It never gets reported on. Shelley Owens won the prologue. She also won stage one. Interestingly, her teammate, Malgozata Jasinska, um, ended up in the breakaway and 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 kind of and one stage three ahead of her, like just a couple of seconds ahead of her, with and um, eighteen seconds ahead of her, and so Jasinska ended up one second behind Shelley on the overall general general classification. Oh wow! I am not sure all is happy in Ali Cipollini. I am predicting big moves there, but hey ho, um, that's just me. Well, um, you know, I think I think you know when we when we're looking transfer-wise, uh, which I guess we'll get into more later, I, I reckon there's going to be a fair few big moves this year. Similar to how, you know, last year there were a couple of big moves. I think there's going to be And we know some of them already, but we'll come on to that later. Um, the other race was the Krona Champenois. Now, Krona Champenois, it's a standalone time trial. There's two of them. Um, well, there's two of them at the UCI level. No, three, actually, if you include the Krona Gatineau in Canada, which is an awesome race, but you know, most of the peloton are in Europe. That's in North America. You know, I can understand why people don't go across to it. Sorry, I love it. It should be. It's a great race. The Gatineau races are awesome. Uh, this race is was, oh, God, you know, when you get up in the morning, you think, I wonder who won that race. Let me go and check. And you open up the results and top of the result is Hannah Solovey. Now... I correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, I mean it's me. I could well be wrong, but I seem to recall you previously mentioning to me that she was retired. I I thought she'd retired. I mean, Hannah Solovey. She's not in a proper team. She's Ukrainian. Um, she has one result of the whole year, and that's winning the Chrono Champenois. Well, um, and, Hannah, and, and she also has a bit of a I don't know, like footnote in history. Should we say? Is that a is that how you say it? Yes, yes, yes. Hannah, she's 22 years old. And she, oh my God. Has been busted and, for doping more times than Lance Armstrong? But she was the junior ITT champion, in world junior ITT champion in 2009. She won a ton of track, um, which, you know, she was, she was all over the juniors. And then when she was 19 years old, 19 years old people, she was busted for steroids. Um, and I... Oh, without getting Eastern European racist, I'm not saying it's because she's a Ukrainian. I'm just saying it doesn't make things any better. Um, basically, I don't believe for a moment that a 19-year-old is choosing to dope herself. And we have some a lot of bad history in cycling, with young, especially with young riders. You know, think of Genevieve Johnson, who were being doped up by their coaches and stuff. Yeah, and just, were... just, you know, the same way that they would, you know, hand you a bottle and this is a recovery trick, drink it, or, or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm... I'm not, I'm not 100%. And, you know, there is a long tradition of, um, you know, of, of Eastern European doper, um, factory doping, just as there is a long tradition of, of you know, people like, oh, do, you know, oh, noble doping. It's different when we do it. <laughs> and the USA and stuff like that. You know, people who, who say, oh, well, the USA is so clean. It's like, come on, seriously, name one of your clean cyclists. Go on from, from, from cycling history. Um I I not saying that they're dopey now. I'm just saying that there's history. It's the same, you know. People people who talk about the you know Eastern Europe. Yeah, like Eastern you don't you don't really Europe. want to get into a contest of listing names because no one comes out of it looking good. So no, and, and everyone just wants to go and drink to forget. Well, I do anyway. Well, um, yeah, but that's what's that got to do with this conversation? <laughs> so, so Hannah Solovey, she was popped for doping. Now the thing about steroid use, this is very important, is that she um, is that is that is that when you're taking steroids, especially when you're taking them when you're 19 years old, dear fucking God, um, 
especially when you're taking them when you're 19 years old, they can A, have a permanent effect on your physiology, physiology, physiognomy, whatever, your body. And B, if you keep, if you stop taking them and keeping on training at the same level, you keep the effects, yeah? Yeah, basically, now, because you're building muscle mass, as long as you keep working it, you don't lose that mass. So, so say, for example, you I'm not saying she did. Um, say, for example, you carried on using steroids in your banned period because as a under UCI fantastic regulations, she wasn't being tested through her banned period. Um, you carry on taking steroids. If you come back and you're clean, it's, it's, you know, you've still got the use of them. Now, when she came back, her first race when she came back last year was the European Under-23 ITT Championships, which happened literally a week or so after her ban expert. And she won. And she didn't just win. She won by something insane like 23 seconds. And, well, and we, and we spoke... Yeah, yeah, it was it was a huge margin, and we actually spoke last year because she beat several um, of the the men on that same. She was not just that, but so so she was one minute thirty five ahead of Rossella Ratto, and the next riders who came in, there's no gap more than twenty seconds yeah. between them in the top ten, twenty two seconds between them in the top ten, and yeah. yet, you know, and okay. Okay, fine. And I think Carlima was very, very angry and asked, hey, are you testing them? And they went, no, we're not testing them. And he insisted on them being tested because she came third in the road race. Yes, there was a rider who wasn't going to be helped in the break. Um, and last year, she came eighth in the ITT. This year, she hasn't raced. But she's lining so, up for the ITT. So yes. does this, I'm confused. Does this mean you're predicting her for the win? Do not even get me started. Oh, okay. There is only one thing that makes it better that she beat. I'm looking at it again. Hannah Solovey, Ellen Van Dyke, second, nine seconds behind. Catherine Garfoot, 28 seconds behind. Oh. Oh my God. Hannah Solovey has beaten Ellen Van Dyke. Ellen Van Dyke is the top favourite for the ITT. Oh, hell. Is this going to be. Is this going to be okay? And then you were, then then I went on to Ellen Van Dyke. Then someone pointed out Peter Van Der Veen, bless his heart, saw me stressing out about this on Twitter. Pointed me out that Ellen Van Dyke had gone the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also she was pedalling backwards for over half of the course. This is her tweet. Pitio took the wrong exit in Chrono Champenois, but satisfied with last test. Now after Spain to check courses and not make the same mistake. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, Ellen, you are so funny. She is such a funny writer. So um, I'm slightly happy about that because, yes, although Solovey won by nine seconds, Ellen lost a minute. So, yes, I... But, I have but been I'm, I'm also interested that, that Katrin was so close to Ellen. Oh, my God, Kat Garford. Yes, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a bit gutted for poor... Um, Shara Gillow, who's been who doesn't get to race the ITT um, for Australia, it's going to be Kat Garfoot. But Kat Garfoot, she is the prime example of how the Aussie system can work really well. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, she, certainly, she, certainly not to not to brag, but you know we do maintain a certain amount of rivalry, um, and I think it's definitely working better than the British cycling system for oh, the ITT. Start me. Don't even start me. But Kat Garfoot, she's born in 1981. How old does that make her, Dan? 33? Yeah. 20, 33, oh, 33? 
depending on when her birthday is. But yeah. So Kat Garford, she's only been riding for a couple of years, but what she did was basically ride her heart out in the Aussie National Road or the Aussie National Road series last year. She was so so strong. She was she was all over it. She was all over it. Um, she she was just she was just fantastic. She won the Mersey Valley Tour. She won the Oceania Championships Road Race last year. Um, she won. Uh, she won stages everywhere. Like you know, Tour of the Marie Oh, she won the GC. She won. Well, like you said, she just lit everything up. Yeah, she was fantastic, and she raced, raced, raced. She was learning her skills, and then so when I'm not saying cycling Australia is perfect, but when it works, it works so well because she came over here to race the um, to race with the Aussie national team, and this is her first time racing in Europe. And she started, and like how the Aussie national team is, they'll bring you over for a couple of blocks of racing, and you can live in Aus- in in, Aust- in Australia. Sorry, in Varese. and her first results, you know, she was. She 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 DNF'd the Binder. Um, she was 16th in Flesh Wallon. Yeah. And then the national team took her to Gracia Olova, where she was second in GC. And they took her to the tour of Zushan Island, where she was fourth in GC. And as a result, Orica brought her on as a stagiaire for the Giro. She went on to come third in the Commonwealth Games ITT. And I've got to tell you, people who do not believe the Commie Games are competitive... The top two were Linda Willemsum and Emma Pooley. And there's some really serious, you know, you've got people like Ash Mormon, you've got, oh no, Ash wasn't riding the ITT. You've got people, oh no, she was. But you've got people who are seriously, seriously strong riders. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the, in com- yeah, in the exactly. While, while people may make the, and, and arguably justifiably make the claim that not all the best riders are there. It's not like it's a field of nobodies. You know? No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so basically, Kat, you do well on the domestic circuits, so you get a, you know you do well on small races, so you get a team. You do well on the domestic service, so Cycling Australia gives you a chance to come to Europe. You come to Europe, you get picked up by a by a team to ride, you know, to ride as a guest, you know, as a, to ride as a late late season signing. You have your chance to race at the top level, and you really pull it out of the bag. I mean, I yeah. And and that's the thing that's got me excited is is more. Like when you when you look at it as a learning curve, the, the progression in twelve months is is phenomenal. And so I I mean obviously I'm biased, you know, because you know go Aussie and blah blah blah. But but I'm quite excited about that possibility. I am too. I'm really I'm super super duper happy for her because the other thing is is a thirty three year old rider now a thirty three year old rider would not get a chance in British cycling. They just won't. I mean, good God, you know, they just don't. It, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So it's it's fantastic to see it. Oh, and guess how many people are actually? Um, guess how many women British women are racing the ITT? Um, I, well, I find that difficult to answer because the answer I know of is technically not a number. It's more of a concept. What's the concept? Zero. Yes. Yes, it is. Good God. Not only ours, it is. It I is mean, true. for God's sake, it's fucking Spain. You can get an easy jet flight for like two pounds. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, you could. You can, actually, the... you can actually go to a British cycling rider and go, you know what? We need you to ride your bike to Spain. And they could do that. They could actually just fucking ride their bike there to race. But no, British cycling are like, oh, shit, it's too hard. Ah. I'd be so yeah. furious if I was you. Like, I'd be, oh. oh I mean, I, I can't. 
even I I've I've given up I've given up not that I've given up caring. Sorry, I'm just literally t- tweeting at the same time. It's very 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 bad, but just oh. a really exciting piece of transfer news has just come in. I've got to tweet it. <laughs> Um, but no, I would, I would honestly, if I were you, like if that, if that happened from Australia, I would be just insanely yeah. furious. And, and you know, you know what's shitty about it. So, so the thing is, is, is British Cycling have said so they they've got no one, no women on the long on the long list for the ITT for the, for the ITT, and their excuse was, oh well, it's unlikely any of them would win. Oh fuck Ow. you with a thousand bags of crooked pineapples with extra sharp bits on them. That's such bullshit. Sorry, I have but it's feelings. also, but it's also, but it's also, they've got four men on the ITT men's long list, and that includes Al- Alex Dowsett and Steve Cummings. I think is the other one, um, Harriet Thomas and Bradley Wiggins. Okay, I will accept that Bradley Wiggins has a medal shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I will not accept that it's going to be a British one, two, three, or even two Brits on the podium. I mean, it's just not. No, and it, it, it absolutely so... isn't. And it's such fucking bullshit to say, oh, we don't think they've got a chance to win. How the fuck do they get experience at that level if you don't yes, send and, them? Yeah, and, and, and Jesus, is... holy mother of God, when it is... Spain. Like, this could only be worse if the Worlds were literally being held in London this year. Because, you know, next time round, it's not going to be this close to home. Like, you know, So when I was talking about this, people came, the British Cycling, because whenever I talk about this, there are some people who will tell me I am wrong and British Cycling is perfect. Really? There's two things. Two things. Yes. Yes, I get a lot of that on Twitter. One, one, is, oh, well, yes, but it clashes with the National Track Championships. Show yes, me the rider that would rather would, would, would rather skip Worlds to, to ride National Track Championships. Like, just show them to me. I, I just I want to meet that but person. B, but, B, who do you think decides when the National Track Championships is? Oh, yeah, that too. Of course, that too. Um Okay, so that's part one. Yeah. Part two, I was saying, well, who would you take, Sarah? I was saying, well, I'd take Sarah Story. Um, Sarah Story is um, she's she's better she's better known as the paracycling winner of everything, um, of everything, 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 everything. But she's also um, she's also was one in one of the few long ITTs this year at the Tour de Bretagne. Where she won. Now, the Tour de Bretagne didn't have the top field of Ellen van Dijk's and Linda Willemsen's and stuff, but she beat people like Elisa Longo-Borghini and Audrey Cordon, Audrey Cordon, who are both racing in the ITT, who are in, this IT, in the world's ITT. Yep. And so it's like, well, maybe, maybe Sarah didn't want to race. So I asked her. She wasn't even asked. <laughs> I, I think that's actually one of my favorite things about this this whole potential story really is is that someone tried to call bullshit on you and obviously didn't realize that you actually are you know know these people and can ask it's not, it's, and... it's not like i know these people sarah's got a very strong social media presence it's not hard to ask her is it <laughs> well sarah's... apparently it is too hard for british cycling to ask her so oh my god so anyway out with anger in with love out with anger in with love. <laughs> I teach... 
ICT is the World Championships. ICT is on Tuesday. I am still backing Ellen Van Dyke to win. Who is on your list of, oh, look, of podiums? Money obviously, has to be Ellen. Um, like I've already hinted, I've got um, you know secret, cautious, nervous Aussie hopes for for Kat Garfoot. Um, and look, I feel kind of bad because it's kind of obvious, but you've just got to you've just got to pay you know, um, homage and, and tribute to Linda Willemson. Like, you've just, you've just got to. Um, Linda Willemson's been on the podium for the last five years in a row and she still hasn't won it. That must kill her. <laughs> oh, uh, like, yes, yes. Um, you know, but there's, there's a bunch of other people who are, um, yeah, I, I guess you, you put them in that longer list of, of podium chances, don't you? You know, I, I reckon... Um, we we can see some interesting things from from a few other riders, um, you know. And and I'm always curious to see what um, like Annemiek van Vleuten's going to do. And oh my god, I actually think that Ellen's some of Ellen's biggest competition might be from van Vleuten. Yeah, yeah. And so then of course, you know, you've got. No, can, we, can we say why? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So van Vleuten. As as we've said before, she's been she 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 did a couple of years ago put her hat in the ring for one. She wanted to get to the Olympics, I think, and ride ITT, and she did put her hat in the ring and say that she was really going after ITT. But obviously, she's had leg problems. So this year, when it was the Dutch ITT Championships, World ITT Championships, and she beat Ellen Van Dyke, the current world champion and all-round powerhouse, that was very 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting indeed. Now, if you go by um, previous, uh, previous, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, history, result. History, world history. You wouldn't really say ABV for ABV for the um, win, but it's, uh, it's yes, it's, it's yeah. Um, and uh, that's the thing for me is you know, like it is a little bit of an unknown, but it's a, it's definitely a keep laser eyes focused on that you know, kind of unknown because there'll be, no matter what happens, that will be an interesting story, I'm sure. Yes. Now, who else? Um, last year, Carmen Small was third. Yeah. I was going to say the Americans are also interesting to me just because I think they've got a couple of strong options. It's, I find it hard to judge. I don't know what it is with the US and Worlds. You know, they have great riders, but I I don't know. It, 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 is it just that I have, my hopes are too high? Is that it? Well, last well, I don't know. If, I mean, third. They were third and fourth. I think. Well, it was yeah, true, year. true. I mean, it's... only with only point eight of a second between Carmen Small and Evie Stevens coming in fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're thinking of the world's road race, and we will cover this in oh, more detail. Oh, yeah, no, that's definitely part but of it. The that's Americans part of it, but I think I, the, I, the thing for me, particularly with um, with the, the Americans, is also because there's such a strong, you know, like. Um, specialized connection as well, and so I don't know. I guess I just kind of have it drilled in my head. Time trials, I think. Time trials, I think. Time trials, I think. So yeah, they've got three people on. The, I don't think they've narrowed it down to two riders yet because they've got Alison Powers, Carmen Small, and Evelyn Stevens on the on the on the long list, and that's going to be a fight for who gets in. And um, I guess Alison Powers, she's the current USA. She's not still the USA Crit champion, but anyway, she won the USA Crit and ITT at the same time. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past her to, um, to, 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 you know, if she if she does it to do well. But my person, if I'm having Ellen and 
Linda and Annemiek van Vleuten. My other choice is Lisa Brenauer as podium spot. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Lisa is just superb. She's she's been time her her time trialing has just been getting better and better and better. Young German. Well, yeah, and I was going to say the Germans have such a terrible history of time trialing. So are you thinking about Uditans? <laughs> well, because I mean, that's the thing. You, you look you, you look at the the last um, well, what is it? The last three years, and so you've got Ellen Van Dyke, then Udit, Udit, and then Emma Pooley. So you know, yeah, the the Germans. I'm, I'm wasn't Hanka Kupfenagel? Um, yeah, two thousand and seven. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. So yeah. The and Lisa is Lisa is the rider. When I was I was trying to think of who she of how to describe her the other day, and the most thing I can think about her is like, just like she's another Ellen Van Dyke, in that she's a super strong. Um, she's she's a super strong time trialer, very strong, powerful rider, really really good team that team player and also has a sprint on her can sprint you know can sprint to the wind she's not a pure sprinter she's more of those i don't even know how to describe it there's nothing yeah so yeah i i kind of know what you mean though like like it's it's almost like if we were talking men's cycling it's almost what you'd call like the the um you know the the classic cancellara style not quite a sprinter strong classics powerhouse kind of you yeah, know. but I think she's got a better she's got a better sprint on her than Kanch has. Well, she's, you know, she's, she's a woman. Like she's she's in women's racing. She needs to. It's it's tougher. You need more skill to to race in the women's peloton. It's just just science. Yeah. So yeah, so um, so science. We like science. So yeah, so who have we got on our list? We've got Ellen, Ellen Van Dyke, Linda Willemsen, Evie Stevens, Annemiek van Vleuten, Carmen Small, Lisa Brenauer. Kat Garfoot and Hannah Solovey. Yeah, yeah. And I think on that note, we can't really pick anyone else because we'll, you know, we'll have picked over half the field if we if we go much further. So, <laughs> so, so to, um, to Worlds, um, I, I'm going to put up a How to Follow Worlds and I'll put up videos afterwards. You might need to, if you're in Britain, you definitely need to start investing in your proxy servers now. Um, like, so, so sign up to something like Ola.org or oh, Tunnelbay. I thought the BBC had it on live. No. Oh, really? Well, you know. Um, I, I can't remember. It might be on the red button. I've got a lot of people very angry about it in my Twitter stream. Oh, okay. um, I think because the red button, you can't record it. So if you're at work, you oh, can't see it. Oh, wow. Well, that sucks. Everything. Yeah. So I'm saying if my dear friends you want to watch the uci stream which will be geo restricted in our country you may need to just sign up to one of those things if you sign up they basically they're like weird little proxy things if you sign up to tunnel bear when you're watching tunnel bear you set it up and then you turn it off and it just carries on pretending that you know you set yourself to being in i don't know Pick Sudan a country or... that it supports and, and go nuts yes. um to but the we'll best of my knowledge to the best of my knowledge, it is actually on SBS here in Australia, but I'm not 100% sure whether that's their um, streaming via their Cycling Central site or if that's live on TV. But um, And so Dan sure. and I will be, hopefully, if it's on at some time that's not horrific, bear in mind poor Dan has to work for a living, um, mm. then, yes, I, I, I feel like he, we may be talking about it together. Ha, 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 you can join us if well, you like. Well, definitely, definitely try to. I, to be perfectly honest, I'm, I'm already depressed because I'm probably going to have to miss the end of the, the time trial, like the good bit of the time trial, because it, it's due to finish at like 2 in the morning here or something. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I might actually. Well, I, might, I was just about to air quote. I might have a meeting off site on Wednesday morning. Nobody tell on me, okay? 
Thank you. Take a day off work, Daniel. Anyway, um, <sighs> so, the, so before we get to the ITT, it's the team time trial. Yes. This has been run, has it, is it three times or twice anyway? However many times it's been run, Specialized Lululemon have won it. Now, the <laughs> Open to Sweat for Gorda, which is the World Cup, Team Time Trial World Cup, and the only TTT that's of a comparable distance was Specialized Lululemon didn't just win they thrashed the course record even though it was in pouring rain yeah it was honestly it was amazing i mean i don't think anyone could you know really pretend that they were surprised that specialized won but given the conditions on the day and given how strong that win was that was impressive um, yes, you're, you're right yes. by the way this is the third year now that it's been running so yes and and um in second was uh Rabo bank in third place was balls domon in fourth very very disappointed orica is mm. so when i say now this is when i say that i think specialized lululemon will thrash it it's only because at vagorda i was saying well i think this is actually the year Rabo bank will win because they've been training and training and training for it. This is Mariana Voss at the start of the season said that she has three goals. Her goals for the season were to win three world championships titles, cyclocross, TTT and, and world yeah. road race. This is Mariana. She is nothing if not competitive. Um, so yeah, I think, exactly. So, so, it, so although I make it sound like it's a given that Spec Lulu will win, I, I don't know. There's still a part of me that think that, well, I think it's going to be a super interesting showdown for for two two kind of reasons that are sort of related to that. So one, as you said, uh, Mariner's already said that that you know this is one of her priorities for the season. So I think for a start, this is going to tell us a lot about how much she is or is not bluffing in terms of you know having uh, not finished these last couple of stage races. But do you think if she's not well? I mean, she wasn't well last year at Rhodes at Worlds, and she still won. Yeah, she yeah. Like, hey. but, 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 but in terms of how that affects the, the TTT, though, is really what I'm saying. I, I just think that's an interesting point to note, and it will be interesting to see. But the other thing that, that has occurred to me is, you know, one of the reasons that we were so excited to see Spec Lulu dominate in Vagorda was not just because it was such a, a strong performance, but because, you know, not too long before that, they'd launched Project X, which was their fundraising, their crowdfunding um, project to try and draw some attention to the fact that the team was having difficulty finding sponsors for next season. Um, mm. And that campaign's finished, and, and to the best of my knowledge, there haven't been any major sponsorship announcements yet, although it sounds like things were pretty positive in terms of getting talk going in that, but holy shit, I can't imagine anything more motivating for that team than to, all right, guys, we've absolutely got to nail the, the world championship again. Um, you know, like, yeah, I to me, that would just be so, so motivating. I I think I am fascinated, fascinated by this, by, by it, because it's, I'm, I spoke, if you haven't listened to my interview with Christy Scrimgeour that I did a couple of weeks ago, you should you just have a listen to it because she talks about how they keep being good at, at TTT and why it's so important to them as a team. Because to Christy, it's the epitome of teamwork. Mm. And it's and it's it's just and it's the t and not just the team as in the riders on the road, but the whole team, the Swannies, the DS, the train, the trading, the mechanics, the preparation, the everything. So yeah, it's um, yeah. And and so to me, I, I mean, I have to admit, there's a little bit of you know the the fairy tale tear at the end of the sports movie kind of dream in in all of that for me. I have to admit, but 
But I do think that that, like, if I were at all involved with Spec Lulu, I'd just be like, fuck you, we're running that 10 time trial. Yeah, yeah. So um, that leads nicely on to, as, as the email that just popped into my inbox does, um, that leads nicely on to the transfer season and what's going to happen next year. Well, I've in- just seen an interesting thing come up on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> that you might have heard me tap, tap, tapping. I'm so sorry. That's so rude. I promise I'll in my inbox came an announcement of Annemiek van Vleuten is going to Bigler. Yeah, which... Now, this is so, so, so interesting because back in the day, Bigler were one of the big dominant forces of cycling. Yeah, really, really big cycling, Swiss cycling team. And this was in the days when there were actually Swiss racers. They used to be Swiss um, World Cups. And just like the USA, Switzerland's one of the race, you know, one of the countries that basically was really good for women's cycling and then backed down a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now they're coming back up. And now, now the USA is coming back up with some, you know, for US, for UCI level rate, for UCI level racing. And Bigler, um, they've been, they, they, last year they weren't a UCI level team. They were like, they had Emma Pooley. And they had, um, and they had, uh, and, and and a load of developing riders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't UCI level, so they didn't get to go to World Cups and stuff. This year, they've had a really interesting year. They've been, um, uh, they've been, um, they've had Vera Koduda, yep. who's been you know, the queen of attacking. They had Lotta Lapisto, who's a Finnish rider, who um, who came third in in one of the World Cups. So it's it's let, let me just put sorry I'm tapping again it's because I'm not prepared this week and I'm rubbish so I no, really, no no really it's fine well, can can I can I on a on a slight note um the thing that jumped out to me immediately from the announcement was um in the the second last paragraph when when um they've got a couple of quotes from Anamique and um and she basically echoes exactly what you were saying earlier that she's had a great progression with her time trial this season and is thinking about her goals for the next two years coming into the olympics and um and wanting to continue to improve her time trial and focus on the olympics um and that's that's been a factor in in deciding to to look for a new challenge with a different team um which i think is you know um you know congrats sarah being spot on with that but it also reminded me because we do talk a bit about how there's always a, or traditionally has been a bit of a slump um, following the Olympics. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, sometimes races, well, quite often races randomly disappear, teams really struggle to find sponsors and stuff. Um, it's a good reminder that um, we can sort of start to expect to see possibly a bit of an upswing too in support because we're, we're now at that, you know, we're cresting that midpoint leading back into the, the build up to the next Olympics. So. Yeah. You know what? This year, there's a really large number of new teams apparently going to appear. Um, apparently, there's going to be a new Italian team um, uh, on on the books, and that's going to be led by Adita. Oh God, I can't say her name. This is really embarrassing. Um, Adita Pushkinskaya, Lithuanian rider, and there's also going about. I have heard. I don't know if they're all the same team. They could all be the same team, but I've heard about three different pro-Spanish teams. Um, one is apparently going to be Giant Assos, which is apparently going to be launched in um, the, the Madrid Bike Show um, late in, in oh, okay. the week. Wow. So, 
Yeah, and, and there's another team that's already been launched. I can't remember its name, CAF. Um, I don't know what that stands for, CAF, um, which is mostly development riders, riders fresh out of juniors, um, Basque, lots of Basque riders. And, yeah, so it's really, really interesting. Now, big let's say this is just the first of a number of exciting signings. Well, well I'll be interested to see who Anna Meek's bringing with her. Well... I the other rider that Rabobank say isn't going to be riding for the next year is Iris Slappendale. Um, obviously, now now it's not you know Chloe Hosking and Marine de Vries don't have teams. They've both said Marine was talking about it on local Dutch TV, which is you know as much of an advert for giving a team. But another rider who's leaving high tech apart from Chloe is Ashley Mullen. Yeah, yeah, but have we heard where she's going yet? No, and other rider who's leaving Wiggle, who's living, who's leaving. Why should I say Wiggle Honda? Shit. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really, really interesting. Who's mm. going where? Who's doing what? It's. I am fascinated. I am genuinely fascinated by all of this. I really love transfer season. So that has been some good and interesting news this week. Yep. Yep. Um, and <sighs> look, I, why I, why it's always I, an interesting time of year, you know. So, yes. Yeah. Why, why such saying, a big sigh, though? Why was I saying there's been some good and interesting news this week, Dan? What have we not yet talked about in this podcast? Oh, do we have to? I uh, we have to. We find we. It's been on every oh, well, major. If, media, if, okay, every, but it's if been we on national news, national radio, you have to promise me that if we have to talk about it, I get to talk about a good thing that I saw this week. Um, Afterwards? Afterwards, okay. Okay. Because it's, it's so, kind of the podcast equivalent of, of you know, washing the bad taste out. So, so if yeah. you have watched any kind of media at all anywhere in the world, you will have noticed the scandal and outrage and comedy of the naked Colombian cyclist. Or as I like to call it when um, a colleague of mine at work who casually follows a bit of cycling, he's more of a mountain bike kind of guy, sent me the photo and I just replied with, well, lighting angles are kind of important in photography, you know. So what happened at the Giro Toscana? Of course it would be at the Giro Toscana. At the Giro Toscana, the Colum- there's a Colombian team, a very small Colombian team out there. IDRD, Bogota, Humana, San Mateo, Solgar. Um, I can't, it's obviously not IDRD. I, I, de, de, I don't know. I can't do, roll my R's. Um, Bogota, they, they're from Bogota. They're an amateur team. And they had a picture taken, which when you look at it on a tweet in bad, you know, knowing that it's a bad light camera phone photo, it did look like the centre of their, cost, their, their, their kit was nude. Um, that was, was, and I say nude in inverted commas, and I'm going to come well, back to what in, in the same way that, you know, you get those panels in like a figure skater at the Olympics outfit where it's not actually nude it's just a neutral color like well, a... no no me, um, there's a specific thing about nude which i will come back oh, to okay. or, you know, or when you look at Gudetta foot on Savetto, and i retweeted it going oh, <laughs> this is hilarious because it was oh dear bad kit but you know they're wearing skin suits it's fine and i yeah and and then i took the kind of weekend off twitter more or less and came back on Monday to find an absolute shitstorm had a media everything to the point where BBC Sport had put this picture on their website with a black band because basically it looked like there was an illusion of nudity um, of no sorry that it looked like there was an illusion of in inverted commas flesh color 
and there was an illusion that they might be naked. Even though it was clear that there wasn't, the BBC still put a big bar across it to hide the fact that they might, there was an illusion that you might know that there was a vagina there. Which, I mean, to be fair, I honestly had no idea that was what was under cycling kits. Um, you know, so. right, I just want to say something about the colour nude. One of the things that's interesting about this, why I thought it was funny, is when you look at the pictures, so Colombia's in Central America, and like all of Central America, you know, your your basic skin colour, there's lots and lots of variety of skin colours around 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 Central and South Americans from, but you know, generally you've got a darker skin tone than me, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And you can have a wide variety of skin tones through to really dark. Just, just for reference and color. for people playing along at home, um, and to set a baseline, Sarah's skin tone can be described as classically Britishly pasty pale. <laughs> Thanks. Dad. I think that's a technical term. You know, well, you know, like thirty seconds in the sun and you turn bright red and, and burn yes. and get cancer and so, stuff. So. so, so when you see them lining up, of course they don't look nude because this color on the middle of them. Look, doesn't look like it matches their face, their arms, or their legs, in, mm. except for one or two riders, maybe. Even the even the very pale Caucasian girl, it didn't match her face, arms, or legs. But it's actually not even the colour nude, it's the colour gold. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is, you look at any other photo, or, well, I mean, probably not any, but, uh, you know, the variety of photos of this exact same team on this day in this kit with the angle slightly different, the lighting slightly different, and you can see that the colour is not what it appeared to be in that one photo. No, and it's fine. I mean, I there's nothing wrong with going, ha, 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 funny kit. But yeah. then it just went completely melt meltdown. Well, that's and the why- thing I couldn't believe. It was just fucking one big bullet beat up after another. It's like, fuck. But why it went meltdown is you had Nicole Cook putting out a tweet going, no, you should be ashamed to wear that. Women just say no. And then Brian Cookson. To the many who have raised the issue of a certain women's team kit, we are on the case. It is unacceptable by any standard of decency. I'm going to file that under shit you probably should have researched before you went public. Now, so, so A, so, so, so once you start unpicking it, so, so, my, so Alex Murray, so I'm like sitting there like absolutely speechless. And then someone point, then I see Alex Murray, Le Guap. He's a BBC journalist. He's fantastic. He's a sports journalist. He actually did some digging into this and... It's basically this. The team's based in Bogota. The colours are the colours that are really, you know, gold and red and black. I think it is and white. Are colours that are like the Bogota flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are, are associated with with Bogota. Secondly, the kit was designed by one of the riders. Mm. Thirdly, they've been wearing this kit all year, and there's photos of riders winning it and doing really well in it you know this is like you're sitting there going seriously this is probably the last race of the year it's it's the last race of the season and now we're saying it's in it's it's unacceptable by any standard of decency and and oh my god like the number of people i the number of and i i'm sorry about this dan but the number of men who were ranting all over twitter and the internet that these women should be protected from having to appear to be indecent Fuck. Now, I do have some things to say about... Sorry, I... I, I yeah, no, 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 please. One I of just... the things that, as a woman watching cycling, when I've... every I'm, I have probably mentioned white shorts, red shorts. Oh, my God, you can see them watching riders tell the time. Oh, my God, I didn't need to see that he was circumcised. 
you know, I, I there's there's some really you know. Well, I mean, I, and, and and on both sides of the fence. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was for the Olympics or Worlds one year, but I remember Brady O'Donnell did once comment on an Australian kid saying, "We don't need to know what um our riders' waxing habits." So no, yeah, I mean, yeah. but but you know, cycling habits, especially skin suits, you don't wear under underwear under them. But you know, when when people are being outraged about the illusion that you might be yeah. naked. Yeah, yeah. Versus, I can literally see your genitalia. I can see, or 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 genitalia. by comparison, or by comparison, Chris Froome's literal see-through skin suit, which you know just showed me much more of Chris Froome than I ever wanted to see. Um, you know, Tony Martin's Tony Martin's skin suit that went completely transparent in the rain, and and everyone got to see exactly what his bottom bottom looked like. <sighs> I mean, okay, so that's so blah blah blah. So yeah. in general, there's there's all these things. It's like, and it's not nude anyway. There's a real issue about court talking about nude and flesh coloured, especially when we talk about a team that's coming from a part of the world that is not called that's not Caucasian. As everyone has pointed out, no one says the t- the shorts from Asia Two R are skin coloured because they're brown and they might match the skin of a of a of a of a, of a rider of a black rider. Yeah, you know. And actually, people go, well, that woman should have known, the designer should have known. I mean, she is not to know that in some light. And the other thing that's been really interesting is people have started saying, actually, this picture has been altered to make it, this picture that was tweeted around has been altered to make it look see-through. Now, that's part one. (laughs) Jesus, that's part one? Oh, I don't know if I can handle more than part one. Part two is about Brian Cookson saying it is unacceptable by any standard of decency and getting involved in this. I am, I, I'm really cross about this because one of the things that happened last week was, um, there was a, an article in a Mexican, um, a Mexican website that basically said a standard Mexico Farron team have not been paying the Mexican riders yeah. and have not, um, and, and have been mistreating them. And, now, and our, let's be honest, this is, I mean, I know the the Mexican connection is is reasonably new, but Farron as a team. Careful, 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 careful. Let's say this. Let's say it this way. We have heard there have been rumours and allegations that, un, un, not that haven't been said in public, but we have heard there's rumours and allegations that Farron that Farron teams have not paid their riders for four years in a row that we know of. Yeah, that's a much safer way to say than I was going to. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, but but that's the thing, and and, and we're talking multiple sources. You know, this isn't this isn't you know, like there's no way that you could you could point and go. This is just someone with an axe to grind. This is we have heard this story from too many different people, too many years in a row, to be able to discount it. Um, and the UCI literally exists. Um, I mean, I think this is this is basically. I mean, you say it differently, Sarah, but you know, one of the things that you always point out is what the fuck is the the bond that a team puts up? What what is it? Twenty thousand euros or whatever it is that they have to pay to become UCI registered at this level? What is that for? If it if it's not to protect the riders? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But you know, we haven't heard from Brian about that, but we did hear about. And this is a wrinkle that you might not know yet, Sarah. Um, forgive me if you do already. You may, you may. But I actually went and looked up the um, the the bit of the UCI um, code that he referenced. Um, 
which which literally just says that that any team you know competing in in those races needs to um, detail the colours and design that their kit will use for the season. Yes, you, you so so kit, the rule that he's citing <laughs> is the rule that yeah we knew. <laughs> and also. The UCI have already approved this kit. Exactly, and that's the fucking thing. Like, how? The, yeah. they, the, the reason that they've approved this kit is because it's gold. Now, what, of course, what I, I'm not saying that I want Brian to say um, it is again. It's to say to say um, blah blah blah. Farron are wrong. What I want him to say is we have heard the allegations that Farron have been mistreating and not paying riders. And we are investigating it at the moment. We're investigating at the moment. We want to categorically state that that, that that not paying riders and treating them badly is is profoundly against our rules and regulations. And if it's found to be true, we take them very seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a just oh. a strong. We're looking at it. If it's true, it's unacceptable, and we will deal with it because this goes against the both the rules and the spirit of our sport. Oh. You know. No, no, no. You know what? Because it is unacceptable by any standard of decency to not pay riders their contracted <laughs> wage. True, true. Um, B, this was at the Giro Toscana. Last year, the Giro Toscana had many, 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 many problems. And the reason that the, the biggest team there was Ali Cipollini and there's no big other big teams racing there isn't because they've decided to race in Crony Champenois or Lottabella Sol because they like those races best. It's because they're not going back. Because the Giro Toscana, you'll remember it from last year, for many years has been dangerous. In 2012, the riders on the neutralised the final stage because it was dangerous. And so they rode it. They basically rode tempo and just crossed the line altogether. Last year, it was so dangerous that all of the, that most all of the big teams, the top seven, and I think only I think eight out of the top ten in GC, all refused to ride. Their teams pulled out, and they and they and they pulled out. Now there was not a comment from Brian Cookson at the time. Yeah, yeah. this race has been allowed to go ahead by UCI commissars, although although. Only the front riders, and you know how women's cycling races work, only the front riders were protected by outriders, yeah. and anyone who was dropped was racing in traffic. And given that it is entirely common in women's racing for a bunch of, you know, 12 to 16 riders to get out front, so not yeah. not, not really a break because they're a bit too big, but to be a, a bunch in front with a bunch behind. Um, and, and that not necessarily being the winning move either. That, that, that quite often can still come together. Um, that is really dangerous. And then you're getting reports from riders of being directed into oncoming traffic. Yes, yes. And, and, and in the first stage, in, in the, I think it was in the first stage, because it was so badly organised at the finish line, Chloe Hosking actually ran over a rider, a, a photographer, who ended up in, um, in, in hospital. Yes, that's right, because they were literally standing in the middle of the road about five metres over the finish line on a sprint stage. I mean, just as I said at the top, you know, those races that earn their reputation for not being well-organized, well-run, and just fucking dangerous. 
Now, the UCI never put out a statement. And uh, after the time, they said, oh, well, we're going to have to do an investigation. Yeah, They've never put out an, a, a statement into what they found. They've never said, they haven't even explained why, it got UCI, why the race has still got UCI ranking this year. They just haven't explained it. So this is the thing. So Cookson will not talk about riders. You know, when you've got the top riders in the world refusing to finish a race, and, you know, Elisa Longo-Borghini ended up being, and, and Georgia Bronzini were being threatened with legal action yeah. about by the race organizer, and they were being threatened with sanctions from the you know the, the, the Italian Cycling yeah, Federation. They, they, the race organizer tried to go through the Italian Federation to to um, target those riders and, and was threatening to sue them. Yeah, yeah, and and Defection. and then you've got Mariana Voss pulling out of uh, a race that she's. Right up there on the GC, um, Emma Johansson, um, you know, Elisa Longo Borghini, George Brothers. You know, like, for them, it's there. It's one of the big Italian races of of the year, yeah, theoretically. And so and, and, it's not people who walk away from it, you know, lightly. Yeah. Certainly not as a group. You certainly don't get. I mean, Jesus, you know, in normal circumstances, you, you know, Mariana Voss tells you that she's she's pulling out of a race, and um, and Emma Johansson goes, oh, okay, well. I guess you know. So for for first, second, third, all the way down the list to all go. No, this is so dangerous that we're actually just walking away. Um, yeah, tells you tells you everything you need to know about the so, the safety that the riders felt. So here are things that Brian Cookson will not comment on. Brian Cookson not commenting on. Riders not being paid and being mistreated, not talk commenting on races being unsafe and dangerous. Those are not unacceptable in the face of common decency, uh, by by any any standard of decency. But what's indecent is a is a very so stupid as well. It's like the first thing I'd do is if I had a picture of that, I'd go, oh, are there any more pictures of them at that race? Because that looks a bit much. You look at any of the pictures, they look like they're wearing gold. Yeah, exactly. Or just get me um, mm. the design form that they had to fill out of what their kit will look like. Let's compare that to the, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, simple shit. Simple, and, and so, and simple I, and I, shit. And I think that, the, and it's and it's because of Cookson's intervention that it's you know it's on Jezebel, it's on BuzzFeed, it's on every newspaper, it's been on Sky TV, it's been on random comedy shows like like Gillian Carlton was saying that a bunch of Texas housewives were talking. But sorry, I don't mean housewives bad, that badly. You know what I mean? A bunch of Texas women were talking about it in the airport where mm. she was. You yeah, know, yeah. this is something that's this is something that's gone literally global. This is this is the women's cycling story that goes global. <sighs> God, right, I can't. I, I'm done. I can't handle any more outrage on this. I, I'm sorry. I... Okay, tell me what you like. <sighs> Yeah, so while you were getting transfer news, uh, we had an interesting thing get published um, yesterday, our time, uh, by the chair of the Australian Sports Commission, a guy by the name of John Wiley, uh, who also writes for the Australian Financial Review. And that's notable because it's it's like our version of like the Wall Street Journal. It's the, you know, businessy trade, um, you know, investment trader kind of newspaper. So, so it's all, you know, hardcore business, business, money, money, facts. Um, so he wrote this really cool piece about how there's a huge underinvestment in women's sport in Australia, um, and how there's this huge opportunity, 
Um, so, I mean, you can already tell that I like this because it just echoes what I've been saying for years. Um, for corporate um, sponsors to, to get a massive benefit from, from sponsoring sport in Australia. I um, mean, he just notes a bunch of things like in the London Olympics in 2012, Australian women won 57% of all our medals. Wow. Um, our most accomplished cyclist is Anna Mears. Woo! Um, our, our top ranked rower is Kim Crow. Um, you know, our Diamonds netball team and Southern Stars cricket team are both world champions. Um, netball has 1.2 million participants in the country and, um, and so on. And yet the underinvestment in the sport means, A, it's cheap comparatively to sponsor women's sport, but B, it just has huge cut through because it's so much more essential to the survival of the thing. So the return on investment is exceptional. And then on top of which, he goes on to, and this is the bit that I really love, talk about then the benefit of being a company that leads the way, not just by having gender diversity within the organization, but by supporting it practically in society. And then also the benefit of being able to bring elite and professional women back into your organization as mentors and role models for your female staff members you know i've I've read there was a there's there's an actual in america there is a there's an organization which is basically about sports women who finish their sporting careers going into business because basically the skills that people are looking for as ceos and top ranked you know top ranked people in in business are all the ones that, that those elite sports women have Really? Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, someone should probably start an organization that, that focuses on all that. Oh, what? You mean like the Network for Advancing Athletes? Yeah, yeah, that's a good name. Um, well, if, if, if anyone does that, you should probably do an interview with them. Yeah, do you think I should do an interview that goes on for ages and includes loads of laughing and getting really, really passionate and talking about uh, mental health and cycling and and kind of you know want basically why you want to why why women cyclists and athletes are so so super cool and really really actively want to give back to the next generation of riders? And Good I- question. Yeah, if you haven't listened to it yet, I interviewed Amber Pierce, who's just set up the Network for Advancing Athletes. It's a mentoring program for young cyclists, swimmers and triathletes and the other one, athletes. And it's the mentoring current, the real life mentoring currently is North American based, but she's going to be expanding it. And the online Q&A where you can send in any question, it'll be answered by three Olympic or World Championships levels riders is already up and and you look at the who's who list and it literally is a who's who list of the mentors that are already signed up um it is amazing and as sarah says amber is really keen to grow it internationally and um and there are there's a, a great um get in touch page where you can help in all sorts of different ways you know maybe you've got a couple of bucks that you can throw towards it to to help cover some of the costs of running it maybe you can volunteer some time because you've got expertise in in something that they need help with or maybe or you maybe want to be a mentor sh- or maybe you just share it or just maybe just tell it. everyone about it Yes. Tell everyone about it. Yeah, Amber is one of our friends. Um, uh, we, we we really like Amber. She's done some fun things with us before. She did some t- some Giro Rosa tactical videos explaining yeah. the tactics. We've talked to her about Click Through Thursday. She's a really passionate person. She's had a shitty year, to be honest, with injury. But mm. it came on another shitty year last year with injury and overtraining. And Amber being the type of person she is went, um, well, you know what? I'm having a shitty time. I'm going to find a way to give back. 
you know. I'm gonna make something, I'm gonna do something really, really awesome. Yeah, and and, and it, honestly, it is awesome. I mean, we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, but one of the and as Sarah alluded to, one of the questions in the Q and A section is about dealing with pre- uh, depression as an athlete. And one, that's I mean, I I literally cannot imagine another forum in which someone could ask that question, but then to get answers from, you know, people like Ina answering that question is amazing. And, oh, it's just so good. So, yeah. Ina Ina is a, I mean, the other thing that I love, Ina's talked about her depression, her mental health issues. Um, Well, she talked about depression and how her hideous, hideous head injury actually made her come to terms with the depression that was there anyway. Mm. Now, Ina is absolutely rock hard. She is tough she is hard as nails she is she is the total you know total no nonsense no bullshit rider yeah. and well, you, you know how you know how um chuck norris makes jens vok jokes jens makes ina jokes so ina is that's actually yeah. genuinely true yeah. um Ina, Ina is Ina is so if Ina Yoko Teutenberg can say look I've I've had depression I've had you know if, if someone as tough as Ina can can talk openly about her can talk openly about her depression then it's saying that you won't be seen as weak <laughs> it might be very very hard for other reasons but you won't be seen as weak indeed indeed and if anyone calls you weak just point just just send them Ina's way and she'll um she'll fix yeah. that for you yeah to fix them for you but the other thing that they've just come out there's a really nice piece this week that's come out on the network for advancing athletes site by Dotsy Bosch and Dotsy Bosch is an American track cyclist she's got an amazing story she was a fashion model who was who was suffering from bulimia and and massive cocaine addiction oh my goodness this 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 feels like it should be like one of those like um what do they life call them in America? Stories. Yeah, I was going to say after-school specials. You know, like it's yeah. the and how she turned her life around with cycling. Dotsy basically, yes, she basically did that. She, that through that she started cycling as a way of becoming healthy, and through and and ended up with. I think she got an Olympic silver medal in in the. She was in the Olympic silver medal. Yeah. Um, if it's not silver, it's bronze in the team pursuit, the USA team pursuit team. And I, I just, I'm so, I'm so. I'm so it's so good. She's basically her piece is about on embracing vulnerability to becoming stronger. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I mean these questions, as Amber said, like it she set this up thinking it's about women athletes, and a load of guys have said, Oh my god, reading this is so amazing. I've never read anything like you know, never read anything well, like Well, because this. this is a whole side of men's sport and, and actually to a certain extent men's life that gets limited play, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of the, it's one of the weird things of of the sort of the the you know bullshit gender splits that come up under a patriarchal system you know where men are all closed off and we don't talk about that shit because we don't have feelings and blah 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 yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yes, I mean, the nearest so, thing i can to it the nearest thing i can think to it is bradley wiggins talking about becoming alcoholic in the year after the in the year after one of the uh, 2008 olympics yeah, yeah. the nearest thing i can think of it and that still talks about in terms of oh yeah but then my babies were born and i got over it yeah exactly exactly and that's that's it you know our our, our men's problems are only ever really publicly expressed in the form of a being too manly essentially yes i drank too much or i had too much sex or, or so, you know <laughs> and, and then and then so i decided not to and i was fine because i'm a man 
And, and uh, then I went on and won millions of medals in the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, and this is one of the things. So, so you know, for I, I think this the, the, the ability. I mean, Amber said in our interview that she thought that the Network for Advancing Athletes stuff would be questions about you know how do I set up my bike, what's the best way to get the best backstroke technique and stuff like that. But it's been so much more, and it's like saying to her if she stopped now just doing what she has is amazing so if you know of anyone and it's not just for the the mentoring system is for people who've already got a coach and who are you know kind of committed to becoming a you know who are down the path of 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 doing this of doing this seriously but you still don't have to be a pro you know don't still don't have to be pro pro um you know you don't have to be pro you can be aspiring pro but the question and answers are for anyone you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, and it doesn't even have to be psych, you know, it doesn't even have to be, have to be these sports. If you know of anyone who's got a question that you want to ask that you've, you know, what do I do about this? I've been offered this team, but I'm not sure about it. You know, what's your advice on, on, on long distance relationships and, you know, keeping yeah. long distance relationships, you know, it's kind of like there's any question you've got, you know, even if it's like, I'm a short rider and I want a big, and I want to, and I want a, a bike that, how do I get a bike that fits? that's within the uci regulations yeah yeah anything like just just anything like it, it honestly i'm i'm so excited at the the organization itself i'm so excited by what it's already like the it's clearly making a big impact but i am most excited at the you know as you say like it's not it's turning out to be not quite what Amber envisioned, but but actually, to me anyway, I think that's just so interesting and so exciting because it shows that the need is bigger, even though it's different, um, and 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 you know that there's so much more potential to this. It's it's huge. I mean, honestly, I think I think this is going to to be one of those things, you know, trademark one of those things that that winds up making a huge impact on several sports. So yeah, yeah. love um, it. You, what else? What else is there? Um, very quickly, we won't talk about these, but we'll just mention them in passing. The Amgen Tour of California and the US Pro Challenge are apparently going to be adding proper women's events next year. At the moment, the Amgen Tour of California has a um uh, an invitational time trial, and this year it had a crit that's not even nationally ranked. The USA Pro Challenge, which is a Colorado race, has nothing. So yeah. I'm forgive me. I'll get excited when I actually see the race published, information published. Um, that said, year. that said, there's also then if if they do go ahead, that does also mean there's possibility of tour tracker coverage, which would be cool. Woohoo! We always have tour tracker. Yep. Um, Pauline Frampreau wants to race more mountain bike next year. People are saying, oh, that means she won't win the road. Don't be fooled. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I look. look. I understand why people say that, but I'd like to point a couple of things out. It's not like, one, it's not like she hasn't done this before. Two, it's not like she hasn't spent the last, you know, uh, year racing alongside Mariana Voss, who, if there's one thing she can do, is dominate multiple disciplines simultaneously. Um, so, yeah, I I, I think it's way too early to... to uh, count Pauline out of basically winning everything forever next year. <laughs> yes, a so. um, couple of things you might like to read. There, Molly Weaver, young British cyclist. Oh, oh, she is signed for Matrix Valpine, and as has Lucy Martin. Lucy oh yeah, Martin, Lucy Martin has been in inverted commas riding for 
Farron, Estado de, Estado de Mexico Farron. Um, yeah, I, you know, when when you have a rider who you really like, who's who's riding who's riding for a team like Estado de Mexico Farron, and you don't see them in races since June, it's not necessarily that it's their fault. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, and um, I, I don't know anything. I'm speculating, but it's, it's super exciting to see her riding for Matrix Velpine next year because, good God, I really want her to have a, to, be, to to do well. And Molly Weaver, very good young rider, riding for them too. She got a blog about winning the Colville Road Race, and finally, um, our friend Babalia has got a great job, a great interview with Alina Amulusic from um, Astana Beeping. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really nice and that's in, available in Spanish and in English. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Babalia. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, I think that's enough to wrap out uh, part one of WOW. Uh, we'll be back, I think, next week to, to get into road race proper and obviously to discuss everything that has happened in uh, the, the first two installments of WOW. Yes. Wow. Wow. And when we come back next week, we will be all about what happened in the ITT. You can laugh at how we were wrong. And um, yes, and then we'll talk about the road race. Oh my God, the road race. Oh my God, the road race. It'll be so good. Wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening.